So we've been uh, talking about a series called Real Life. And in real life, I've been preaching a, uh, uh, this month a little series called Follow the Cloud. Uh, hashtag follow the cloud. About our, our commitment to follow what God is doing. And so if you join us online, we want to thank you for joining us. I know there's people that are messaging me, emailing me, that are watching online. We really appreciate your connection with us globally, in fact. Uh, that, that you are taking the time to even connect with Willow Park Church here in Kelowna. And if you're local, do come and check us out live. We're a very friendly bunch, aren't we? <laughs> Good. So we've been talking about our vision, real life. R, of course, stands for redeemed. That's awesome. I need those lollipops or suckers again. Uh, e stands for empowered. A stands for and L stands for listening. So. We are a redeemed church. That means we are gospel-centric. We believe in the power of the gospel. We're what's called conversionists. In other words, we believe that in the conversion of a person, that they can individually know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So we believe in a personal, living, dynamic relationship with Jesus Christ. Secondly, empowered, we believe that through the sanctification of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, it's a big sentence, basically means our character can be transformed and become like Jesus. And not only are we transformed and become like Jesus, what actually happens is we're empowered to do ministry in the world. God has given us gifts in the body. He's given us word gifts, power gifts, mercy gifts. In scripture, we can see these gifts that God has given us to function uh, as a body, as a people, and we are called. To be active means to step into the priesthood of all believers. That God has a purpose, God has a role, God has something for you to do and to be involved in. And listening is that we are a listening community and we want to listen to the voice of God. We want to hear his voice, we want to know his voice, we want to know his presence in our lives. We want to be a praying community because nothing ever changes without prayer. And no revival has ever happened in the history history of the church without a praying church. So if you want revival, come to the prayer meeting Monday night. We are praying for great things, including pioneer girls. We're blessing that ministry, praying for that ministry, and asking that God to be there. So if you're a mentor, if you're involved in that, you need to be there. If you've never been to the prayer meeting, you are in for a treat. Uh, one of the leaders of Pioneer Girls said to me, I so enjoyed it when we prayed for the... Um, for the Watson team, my daughter was going on Watson, can we not pray for Pioneer Girls, please? And my answer was, yes, of course we can. Pray for anything. Because if you're going to be a praying church, we've got to be a practicing church. And so this is our vision, real life. And I want to remind you, and this sermon is called Come and See. So last week was about taking the next step. And if you didn't watch it, do connect with it. But come and see. This is a lovely little phrase found in 1 John verse 39. Come and see. Come and see 
Then, Jesus says to the disciple Andrew, come and see then. In fact, Philip also went and saw and told somebody else, well, come and see Jesus. And before this verse, uh, Jesus looked at the disciple and said, what do you want? Well, I want to come with you. Come and see then. Some really important questions. What do you want? And Jesus says, come and see then. What do you want God to do in your life? What do you want God to move? How do you want God to speak to you? Then come and see. But of course, this this journey is one step by step. Let me remind you last week, I said, wherever God is leading you is always better than where you have been. Wherever God is leading you is always better than where you have been. Why is that a reality? Because the best place you and I can be in is in the perfect will of God in our lives. That's why it's the best place. So if God leads me and I end up there, it may be uncomfortable. It may be not how I imagined. But I tell you that when you are led by God, you will not be disappointed. Come and see, Jesus said. Come and see and understand. Because vision isn't cheap. It costs to be courageous. It costs to follow the, uh, the cloud. It costs to make a difference in our lives. This beautiful verse, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. There is something profoundly spiritual about a Christian's walk. We can't physically as it were, show it. But spiritually, we know that we've got a hope, we've got an assurance, we've got a confidence that Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And that he will guide you, he will lead you. This little phrase, it's a little bit like a trust deed. The Spirit has given you a trust deed of ownership that you hold on to. You may not see what you're going to get and it may say what it's got, but you've got that hope and assurance, that trust deed within your heart that I, yes, that belongs to me. Yes, salvation is there. Yes, God's going to be with me. Yes, God has spoken to me and given me that assurance that God is going to do something remarkable. But what we've got to be willing to do is say, okay. He replied to him, come, he replied, and you will see. You will see. I've got, I'm going to show you some things. I know Michelle and I went to Daytona Beach many years ago. Isabella was about 18 months. And the girls, I guess, were then about six years old. And we were in Daytona Beach, and we rented a house. And in the back garden, there was a swimming pool. Sounds rather lovely. It was above-ground swimming pool. You know, one of those that's about this high. Uh, I've got one at home. It's plastic. I bought mine from Sears for $400. Obviously, they were selling them. It's, it's done five seasons or four seasons. And, um, and it seems to work well. It's about, you know, the kind I'm talking about. Yes, so, so there are, there we had one of those uh, swimming pools in the back of this Florida house where we were living for six weeks on sabbatical. 
And, and one day, the girls were in the pool, and we were going to Disneyland. And so I said to the girls, coming out the pool, get dried off. We're going to go on an adventure. And they were like, we're going to stay in the pool. No, you don't. Got somewhere really exciting we're going to. No. And when they, when they kicked off, two of them at the same time, it was frightening. No, we want to stay. No, you don't want to stay in the pool. No, no, come on. I want to take you to the happiest place on the planet. It's called Disneyland. Can we stay in the pool just for a few more minutes? No. Get out the pool. I've spent, don't you realize I've spent a fortune on this break? We're going to Disneyland. Uh, can I just float about once more, Dad, and do some more underwater? They're into underwater swimming, holding their nose and swimming with one. I want to do another swim with one nose. No, we're going to see Mickey Mouse in the car. I over-egged the story a little bit. If you're a visitor, I don't often do that. But (laughs) the point is, is that when we start to follow what God's doing in our lives, follow the cloud, we're in the sea of swimming pool, but God wants to take us to the best place in the world. You see, and we can fight against that. We can battle against it. But sometimes we've got to get out the pool and do what God's asking us to do. We've got to follow the cloud. It's difficult. It's like something you can't even explain when God leads you. It's like trying when the first time you go to Niagara Falls and see the glory of Niagara Falls and the power of it. It's hard to come back and explain, but you've experienced that moment when you know God is leading you and it is amazing. It's like standing on the edge of the Grand Canyon for the very first time. It's like holding your baby that's been born for that first time and knowing it. It's hard to put into words, but you know that this is the most glorious, wonderful moment. When you follow Jesus, it's hard to put into words, but you know that it's that glorious moment that it is something that you've got an assurance about. It's something you've got confidence about. It is something you know. <clears throat> now, what you and I want, we want spoilers. We want spoiler alerts, don't we? I, I want to know the ending. I'm following Jesus. Jesus, I want to know how my life's going to turn out. I want spoiler alerts. Love that. Are you that kind of person with films? You like to know the ending before you watch it. Have you watched the Titanic? The ship sinks, okay? If you play it backwards, it rises up, goes back, and ends up in Belfast. It's amazing. Uh, But... But we always want spoilers. Spoiler. When you walk by faith, you do not have a spoiler alert. Imagine if they said, "Uh, you're okay, Jesus. 
We'll stand here by the Sea of Galilee and we will sit here with our empty nets. And they're going to miss seeing people healed. 4,000, 5,000 fed. They're going to miss seeing a roof collapsing and a paralyzed man coming down. They're going to miss... It's one of those mornings. Maybe you're all looking at your phones now again. I do not. I didn't look that way. I don't know who that anybody was. I won't. I love it. I love it. You're going to miss that. You're going to miss seeing people freed. You're going to miss people being delivered. You're going to miss thousands following the teachings of Jesus. You're going to miss the great day of resurrection. You're going to miss all that God is doing because you want to stay seated with your empty net when God says, come and see what I can do with your life. You see, we've all got to move and we've all got to take the next step of what God is calling us to do and where God is calling us to lead and what God is asking us to do. You see, the pasture, the field was a good place to David, but David was going to end up in the palace. It was good killing lions in the fields, but God would take him to lead a great nation there in the palace. It's fair enough to be in Egypt in regular employment as a slave and get your food. But God wanted to take them from slavery of Egypt and give them a promised land. But they had to move. They had to follow. They had to take steps forward. They had to grow. It's beautiful by the Sea of Galilee. With your boat and glistening, it's a little bit like being by the lake here. It looks a little bit like it. It is, it is beautiful. It is amazing. And the boat's bobbing around and the sunlight on the water makes perfect little like water diamonds. And it's gorgeous. And, and Jesus says, come follow me. And they go from the Sea of Galilee. And where do they go to? They go to the upper room where the power of the Holy Spirit comes and the church is birthed. See, we can stay by the Sea of Galilee, but God wants to take us to the upper room. He wants to take us to the world. He wants to take us on the next step that God has for us. And we are continually moving. We are continually experiencing this idea. Well, come and see then. Come and see. You see, when a heart is full of faith, then God gives you eyes full of vision. When a heart is full of faith 
that God is able, that God is leading, that God is moving, that God is speaking, then your eyes become full of vision of what God can do, of how God can use you, how God can be with you, and the difference you can make, whether in whatever way in this world, because God has filled your eyes with vision. And so often we lose our hearts are not full of faith, they're full of fear, and we don't have vision that is at work in our lives. And God wants to give us faith again to believe that what he has for us is good and what he will do with us is amazing. Listen, if you want to heal the sick and get involved in in, in people's lives that are hurting and broken and bringing healing ministry, then it's very simple. You take the step to be with people who are sick and start to pray for them. If God has called you to be a peacemaker in this world, then it's up to you to step in to a storm somewhere and bring the peace of Christ. If God has called you to communicate and to teach, then it's up to you to gather people around and start to teach as God has called you to teach. If God has called you to proclaim the good news, to be a missionary, then it's time to step in and to follow the cloud. If God has called you to be a prayer warrior, then it's time to step in. Often the miracles we're looking for are not happening because we are not willing to step in to what God is calling us to do. We've got to take the step. You see, Christ has led me to places I did not want to go to. And it has not always been pleasant. Christ has led me through difficult challenging life experience where he's led me clearly too, but it has not always been wonderful. But at the end of it, I look back and I see what he taught me. Come and see. Come and see. And where you take an obedient step, and even when that step is difficult... And you do that event, you go and do that, you make sacrifices and it doesn't go to plan. If you've been obedient, you'll look back one day and I'll tell you, you will see something remarkable. And what you will see is this, you will see more of Jesus Christ. Because the whole journey is about seeing more of Jesus Christ in our Christian living. When we take the step of obedience, see, we don't understand and then obey. We obey and then we understand. Obedience is probably the most important spiritual discipline a mature Christian can ever learn. You might think the preachers preach about, you've got to have faith. Faith is the most important thing. Faith is this. And they, oh, they can preach it. But I'll tell you, obedience. God loves obedience more than sacrifice. 
God loves obedience. But we love to know the end of the story. And often we don't understand and then we obey and we obey and then what? We understand. You look back. See, our society suffers with F-O-M-O. F-O-M-O. You all know what that means, I know. No, you don't. If you're young, it's the fear of missing out. You look through Facebook, you see everybody having an awesome time. Look at those Collinses. There's another lovely picture. Perfect. (laughs) Flicking through. Oh, there they are. There's Pastor Johnson. Nice. His wife's a a photographer. Beautiful photographs. Everything's so perfect in their life. Oh, this party's happening. I wasn't invited. (laughs) Fear of missing out. Now, of course, people put their best moments on Facebook. We, Michelle and I, do not video the moments we're bickering in the kitchen. Here we are. Are you irritated with me, love? Yes, I am. Why haven't you done these jobs, Phil? You've got this massive list of jobs. Well, I hate. I want to read a theological book. I don't want to pick up a hammer. I mean... We're not going to post those pictures. Here I am loading the dishwasher. Thanks be to Jesus. (laughs) Of course not. But the fear of missing out, the most profound fear you and I can have, is the fear of missing out and obeying the will of God in our life. Don't miss out on what God can do for you. Don't miss out in the way that he can speak to you. Don't miss out on the beauty and the dynamic of following the cloud, which is the presence of God, which is there. And as I said last week, the Lord said to Peter, come and I will make you fishermen of men. I forget the fishermen of men for a moment. He says, come, I will make you. And that's the message. That when we're obedient and we're obedient to God's word and we follow God's voice and we know God's presence, God will make you into the person God designed you to be. As he said, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. So that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. It's the invisible that God is doing. The invisible that God is working in your life. So we've got to be willing to do one thing. It's to stop negotiating with God and start obeying God. We are so good at negotiating. The Lord prompts me and says, you know that person that you've got a problem with that relationship with? Yes, Lord. I'd like you to text them and tell them that you're sorry and that you love them. Really? 
Lord, let's talk this through. I feel like I'm in Brexit negotiations now with God. And my name is Theresa May. And it's not going well at all. God, I'd, I'd like to talk about point two in your suggestion. God, that person, you know what we've been through. God, oh, goes on for weeks. This way, that way. The prompting. It's very good how you can tune God's prompting out of your life. So one day the phone buzzes. You see the name. It's the person you should have texted or spoken to. And they write, hey, I'm sorry, just been thinking a lot about you, felt prompted to say, let's get together, let's find forgiveness, let's find peace. And then you're annoyed because they did it before you. (laughs) And Jesus says, I wanted you to do it first, Phil. Because I wanted you to see more of me. And that feeling of not being obedient to the prompting of the Spirit makes one feel sick. I never want to be that person that negotiates with God in my life. I want to fix my eyes on Jesus. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. It's good, isn't it? That God will make your path straight if you're willing to follow him. If you're willing to have a heart that is full of faith, God will give you eyes full of vision. It's better to move from Galilee to the upper room, from Egypt to the promised land. From the pasture field to the palace than it is to risk not obeying what God wants you to do in your life. Those little things, those big things. It's about fixing your eyes utterly on Jesus. He's the author and maker of our faith. He's the one. You know when you take your kids to a restaurant or your grandchildren and they're small? It can be a nightmare, can't it? Maybe not for you. I'm looking at some of the bigger families here. You know what I'm talking about. We go in, you know, I know um, Teresa and Aaron with their massive family, all ages. You get into Spaghetti Factory and they say to you, would you like some crayons? And you go, yes, please. (laughs) Would you like some for them children to draw? Yes, they need something. They're 19 years old. Come on. (laughs) 
So we get all the toddlers down, and I haven't got any toddlers anymore, but get all the toddlers down. You get the crayons out. Bring on the crayons, please, and bring on the bread quickly because they're, they're starving and they're irritable. And, and okay, kids, my favorite thing with all of my kids was connecting the dots. You know how they do that? You get the one, it's really easy, you follow the numbers. But the children don't know what the picture's going to connect together for. And then at the end of it, it's a mate, whoa, it's a castle, it's a butterfly. Wow, it's a Sears plastic swimming pool, it's amazing. When you walk in obedience, you don't know each of the dots. But one day you'll look back and see the picture that God has painted in your life. One day you'll see the connections of how everything connects, how everything moves, how everything is connected in our lives. Your word is a lamp for my feet. A light on my path. His word is our lamp for all that we do and the way that we move. And he guides us dot by dot, step by step, bit by bit. Sometimes he leads us to places we didn't choose to go. But the result of going to that place we did not choose to go, we now see more of Jesus and see the picture of the dots being connected together. Because we're willing to say, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Hallelujah. And I just want to have this message to you from this week and next, and we'll carry on with this series, but another two is this. What is the next step God is calling you to do in your journey, in your life? For some of you, it may be join quests. For some of you, it may be joining the prayer teams. For some of you, it may be getting involved in Marketplace leaders, where we are in a brilliant time at the moment on Thursday mornings, where we are learning about how to communicate the gospel in a work setting. And that group is amazing. You might want to join that. For you, it might be that you start your devotions. For somebody, it might be that today you've come to church and you quite like it. And your next step is coming back next week. Or your next step is to open the Bible because you've been starving yourself of the word of God. Or your next step is to dive into a group. Your next step is to connect with Pastor Curtis about seniors or about worship. Your next step is to connect with Pastor Tracy to talk about your life and and the challenges that you have. Your next step as a family might be to connect with Pastor Tanya or Pastor Steve about your life. There are resources here for you. But you've got to take the next step in your spiritual growth to follow the cloud.
and live a real life. Redeemed, empowered, activated and listening. Your next step is definitely this. I can tell you this right now. I'm not a prophet, but this is it. To come to the prayer meeting on Monday night. That's your next step. I'll be counting. Um, Let's stand together. Just pause in the presence of the Lord and reach out and say, Lord, what is the next step in my life? What is God calling me to do? What do I have to change, Lord? Maybe you need to write it down. I'm in the middle of a lovely time of prayer and learning what it is to meditate on scriptures that help change my character. That's my next step. What's your next step? Father, I pray right now that as we come to the end of this service, in this final song, we may have an encounter with you that takes us out of this congregational gathering changed. For every one of us, Lord, in whatever it is, wherever, even if we're an atheist, we take a next step. Whatever it is, Lord, what is the next step to follow the cloud in our lives? Come, Holy Spirit. Meet with us. We don't always know the dots. But you are worthy. You are worthy of everything. Worthy of everything. Every breath. We live for you this morning. We live for you, Jesus. Amen.